This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, here we go. It's hour two. Ryan Day, Ohio State football coach in a few minutes. Live in L.A., it's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Uh, so it, it was interesting. We're talking about Kawhi Leonard, and 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 a lot of people are suggesting the Clippers should just cut bait. And my takeaway is, you got one more year. I think you can move him. And people say, well, he never plays. In three of the four years in Los Angeles, he's given you 53 games. Go look at how many games Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid give. Now those guys are much more verbal and communicative. But if you have an established star that's verbal, you got a you got a coach who's a good communicator. You just bring him in to go get buckets. Like Toronto had the culture set. You bring him in. He played 60 games. You won a title. You bring him into San Antonio. Popovich is verbal. You had a culture set. He gives you a title at the end of Tim Duncan's career. Kawhi's not playing that many games fewer than a lot of these stars. I'll give you an example. Of the top 10 scores in the NBA, the culture's changed. Only one played more than 70 games. One out of 10. And that's Jason Tatum. And Celtic fans want him to play less. <laughs> Celtic fans, every Celtic, every Celtic fan I know is like, why is a Tatum not playing 68 games like everybody else? Why is he playing like 75? Because he gets worn out at the end of the year because he's kind of a slender guy and he plays real defense and he gets banged up. So the point is the culture's changed. If your star player's giving you somewhere between 53 and 63, that is acceptable. And if you have an established star, Kawhi works. He cannot be your culture setter. The Clippers have found this out. He doesn't communicate. He walks in and says, I can't play. Um, everything's a mystery. So he can't be the guy. But Anthony Davis has been a guy that everybody's constantly waiting to be the guy. He's not. He's a great two. Kawhi is a great two. The Clippers brought him in to be a one. So the fit doesn't work. If, if Let's say you trade Paul George and you, and you bundle some pieces together. This is why I think that Kawhi works in Dallas. They've got an outspoken guy, an outspoken owner. They've got um, a guy that plays 75 games. They have nobody that can score. Nobody can defend. It's a terrible defensive team. Kawhi gives you 51 games a year, great defense. 
pick your spots. Go to the calendar and say, that game, that game, that game, that game, get us into the playoffs. I mean, to me, Kawhi works in Dallas because Luka is never going to be a great defender. He's Carmelo Anthony. I'm not even sure if he's in great shape. And and Kyrie's a terrible defender. Kawhi's a great defender. He's he's a lot like Michael Jordan without the flair. Kobe Bryant without the long jumper. Okay, so let's play Kawhi or the other guy. You give yeah. me a guy, and what I take you just don't want Kawhi because he's hurt yeah. occasionally. One of the comedians on our staff wants to call this claw or nah. <laughs> um, and I do love, by the way, how you're trying to get more damaged goods to Luka Doncic. Morzingis, Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard. Okay, like, here we follow. go. Claw right. or not? Let's go. Kawhi Leonard or Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Kawhi Bucks? Kawhi Leonard. Middleton's a B player who now is not healthy. That's not even close. That's an obvious. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'll go to a tougher one. Skip down. Kawhi Leonard or Andrew Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is an excellent defender. Uh, he works with everybody. Um, He's only I, 28 years old. I, I, I'm a big Andrew Wiggins fan, so okay. that's, that's an easy one for me, and Andrew Wiggins. And I do want to point out. Kawhi, this meniscus is in his right knee. That's the same knee where he tore the ACL. So this could be an ongoing thing. Kawhi Leonard or Pascal Siakam, who plays hard, plays a lot, doesn't have an injury history, Uh, slides in as a three. Depends on the team. That's a coin flip. That that, that depends on the organization. I think Pascal's a good three. Um, that that's a tougher one. I'd probably go Kawhi because I get I do get great with Pascal. It's like Bama to Bayou. You've been trying to tell me for years Pascal and Bama to Bayou are great. They're threes on a championship team. That's what they are. All right. Um, this one's tough. Uh, he turns thirty-one this summer. Tobias Harris or Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi oh. Leonard. Tobias Harris is a four. He's a four. Oh my gosh! All right, I saved my best for last. Well, what timeout on Philadelphia this year? Embiid one, Maxi Harden two and well, three. Maxi's to... morphing into the two or three. I saved my best for last. Kawhi Leonard or Zach Levine? Oh come on, that's not even close. What? <laughs> what if Zach Levine suddenly is like your two behind Paul George? He's a money player. Oh, he shows up, doesn't he? If showing up is all you got to do, that, that's more than half the battle. Imagine if I just stopped showing up for the show. It's like, well, he's not available. If you say this about Lamar Jackson, be consistent. Well, no, no. That's a quarterback in a 17-game season. Kawhi Leonard, he's your quarterback. Yeah, but it's an 82-game season. Are you there 54 games and for mostly for the playoffs? Okay, mostly for mostly. He missed three out of five games. If you're somebody that defends AD and bangs on Kawhi, it's kind of the same guy, isn't it? AD has not a leader. I hate using this word. He seems a little soft. He falls down. It's all oh, my shoulder, my groin, my hip. Like, it's minor stuff. Kawhi, it's like, I can't play, and he doesn't talk about it. I can't deal with that. Well, when you're an NBA coach, you got to deal with a lot of oh, stuff. Do you? Do you really? Oh. Let's go ask Ty Lue how that's working out. You remember you said he called you and blew you up when you criticized him once. And I Ty would Lue. be very curious how angry Ty Lue is. That his star player looked awesome in two games and then mysteriously well, is out. Well, I think he's bummed out. I think Ty Lue knows Kawhi wasn't faking. It was a real injury. Not, nobody said he was faking. But it's now, like, now, now, the word, you know, Kawhi could retire tomorrow and say, I can't play. I doubt it. What I'm saying is, if it's degenerative, if it is the right knee and it's just like, okay, then, then this argument in this segment, it doesn't matter. But my takeaway is, up no. to today, if you look at Kawhi, he's playing in three or four seasons in L.A., about 53, 55 yeah. games. It's amazing. That's very close to the Durants and the Embiid's and the 
Outside of Jason Tatum, your top 10 players, top 10 scores, don't play a maximum game. But let's remember, in San Antonio, the reason it ended ugly, he had a quad injury that he said he couldn't play. Yeah. The Spurs diagnosed him. We're like, oh, we disagree. And they feuded. And then he's like, get me the hell out of here. So there's a history of Kawhi Leonard and injuries. I've said my piece. Well, and mystery. Exactly. That's, right. That's why he can't be a one. I don't want him. Give me Zach Levine. <laughs> oh, brother. You and Zach. Where is Zach right now on a beach? Probably. He, he's Ibiza? always on a beach this time uh, of the year. Yeah, Cabo. Mm. Okay. All right. He's the coach of Ohio State. That's a pretty good gig. Four years as a coach of the Buckeyes. And uh, he joins us here the day before the draft. Okay. So um, let's get to the C.J. Stroud thing. I watched him play, and, I, and one of the comps I heard, and I think it's accurate, is Jared Goff, who got to a Super Bowl. He's going to sit in the pocket. He's going to throw strikes. He throws a pretty ball. He's coachable. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's, you know, there's discussions about, you know, is a cognitively. So you tell me, did you put a lot on his plate, Ryan? Did you, did you make him uh, have to go to the line and audible? How complicated was your offense for C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that I think is CJ's strengths is his ability to process information, whether it's taking a meeting to the field or post-snap. And I think when you when you look at our offense the last few years and what we've done, um, especially this past year, but even the year before with CJ, we were able to do a lot more than what we had done in the past. Um, so of all the things that, um, you know, when you're evaluating quarterbacks and you're evaluating CJ – you know, I thought this was one of his strengths. I think you're looking for extraordinary traits, and I think with him, it's ball placement, accuracy, but also it's, it's ability to see the field and process information. So all of this uh, kind of narrative has kind of caught me off guard because my, my three years with him has – you know, my experience has been that, that he's excellent in this area. You know, it's interesting. Much like Justin Herbert, the Ducks didn't have a great backup, so they didn't run him until the Rose Bowl. And all of a sudden you went, oh, Justin Herbert really runs. So I watched the Georgia game, and I'm like, timeout. I didn't know C.J. Stroud could run away from Georgia football players. So a lot of people, I'm one of them, I'm like, he's just a pocket guy. And then I see that. Why didn't you run him more? Well, first off, you know, when, when you're um, in today's day and age of college football, it's it's difficult to build depth. And certainly two years ago, but but even even this year, if, if you lose C.J. Stroud, that can ruin your whole season. Of course, yeah. And so we, we, were, we were careful about that, just like a lot of teams are, you know, in the NFL. It's very similar that way. But um, I also think it's, it's a growing process. And I think that's one of the things that, in this process that maybe, you know, folks don't talk about enough is that CJ's played three years. Yeah. Justin Fields played three years and there's a development process that has to continue as they go on to the NFL. You know, these are, these are not guys who played in college for four or five years. So uh, I think you saw his development from the first game he played at Minnesota two years ago. And finally the, the last game against Georgia, I just think you saw a totally different player. And I think that's another big part of CJ is that he's got a huge ceiling. And I think, you know, of all the guys in the draft, when you look at his ceiling and what he can be, 
you know, to me, he seems like the most exciting that way. You know, I, I said this, and I've said it multiple times, is I grew up when Ohio State was about linebackers and edge rushers, and now you're the receiver school in the country. And Nick Saban in Alabama, similarly, and you probably, you probably battle Alabama for those five-star guys. And so I've said this about Alabama quarterbacks. They're receiving cores better than the Patriots. And I look at your receiving core, and I said this a couple months ago, it may be the best I've ever seen. All of them are great. You're going to have the number one pick potentially next year. <laughs> He's not even going to the NFL next. Uh, well, maybe not the number one pick, but Harrison's amazing. So I guess my point is, what about this criticism? Ohio State wide receivers are wide open. They In that conference... He's throwing to wide-open guys. He's, he doesn't have to be an anticipation thrower. He's got a pro left tackle. That you have such great talent, it's easier at Ohio State. Well, I, I think there's a lot of truth to the fact that he, he's surrounded by very good players. I also think the expectation is different at Ohio State. You know, there's you know you, we can win by you know 30 points, and you know the post-game conference is, uh, is all about why you know we didn't score 50 and what was wrong with the passing game. Right. So, you know, I, I just think that the expectation is there. I think he handled it well when he was here. I think that's why a lot of our guys translate well to the NFL. I think you like you watch the way Garrett Wilson handled himself this year in New York. Yeah. And I think CJ is going to be able to handle that same thing when he goes into an NFL market. But um, I think you just have to watch the film and you see his ball placement. You know, even when guys are covered, and I agree. A lot of our, a lot of times our guys are open, um, but but he has great feel for that. And I think that's a huge, um, you know, trait that can carry over to the NFL uh, is throwing in the pocket and throwing guys open, which to me, he's the best college guy I've ever been around when it comes to that. So um, Jackson uh, Smith Najigba is really the one wide receiver. There's always a bunch of good receivers, but he's kind of the guy. Uh, I watched a lot of Jordan Addison. I don't think he's quite as dynamic as your kid. Um, Who's his comp? Um, I, I also think he's a kid with more ceiling. That we're just seeing him. He's he's got a lot of upside. Who does he remind you of? Well, he's unique because I remember growing up in New England, watching you know Brady those first ten years and what they would did, did with Welker and, and Deion Branch and Edelman and all those guys. I, I think in that offense he would catch you know two hundred balls um, you know a year. But he also has the ability to line up outside and be dangerous. His I, I, I kind of say this to a lot of guys. First off, I've never seen him covered. And then, two, he's kind of <laughs> like a point guard. He's like a point guard that is going full speed down the court but makes a move and doesn't have to stop, doesn't slow down. Yeah, He can he can make all those decisions. And if you look at the way his body's built, I mean, he's got a really strong lower half, really good ball skills and great understanding of spatial awareness. Paris Johnson is the best left tackle, most believe. He's got, you know, for his size, he's got really good feet. I watch some of this – video some of his personal workout stuff and i'm just i can't believe he moves like that for his size it's insane looking um again you've had so many great players is is to me is he at his ceiling what is he in the nfl well this is the third guy we're talking about that's coming out after three years who has just a tremendous amount of talent and i think all three of these guys in paris in particular has a huge ceiling he played uh you know guard the year before this was his first full year of playing left tackle Really embraced it. Did a great job with our offensive line coach, Justin Fry. And he, he's very conscientious. I mean, he wants to be great. He puts great work ethic in, has great discipline. And you know, he's going to continue to grow and develop when he's in the league. But his, his athleticism, his makeup is going to really carry over. I, I think 
um, he's going to be a longtime NFL player and has a chance to be a pro bowler. Finally, <clears throat> the, the transfer portal, um, I like it. Um, because I do believe it gives an LSU or a USC. I, I tend to like the big brands. It's not a three-year process. Now, it puts a little more heat on the coach, but you can turn things around in about 18 months. A couple of portal classes, you can solve a lot of issues. Um, you, you don't have to worry about that because you recruit high school at a very high level, um, and most kids aren't leaving Ohio State, right? But but it, it, do you like it? Where are you at in the transfer portal? Because I mean, I'm 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 in the backyard with USC and UCLA, Ryan, and I swear about half their roster now is portal roster, and they're they're getting good players uh, that are bouncing back. They left LA, they're coming back. What do you make of the portal? Well. It doesn't really matter what I make of it. You have to adapt to it. You know, I think that's one of the things that, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we all can have opinions about it, but this is this is not changing. It's not going away. Yeah. So we have to be able to adapt. And I think the first thing is it starts in recruiting. I think, to your point, it, it, it you know, forces coaches to be better at their job. They have to be more upfront in recruiting. They have to treat families and players the same as during the recruiting process. And they have to be clear what the expectations are up front and then follow through. So I think that's the first thing is identifying the right folks, being really clean on the yeah. front end um, and, and then fitting, you know, finding the right guys that may fit some holes in the transfer portal. But they have to fit the culture. Yeah. I think it's one thing we've done a really good job of here is, you know, between Trey Sermon and Justin Fields and some of the guys that we've we've added in the, in the portal, we've been very careful to make sure it fits our culture. Yeah. Hey, I want to go back to C.J. Stroud. Has there been um, a team or two that you feel like, Ryan, has contacted you more, a pro football team that you've noticed has been hovering a little more on C.J. Stroud than others? During our pro day, we had over 120 NFL personnel here, and they were all asking, you know, even even middle of the pack, you know, to see, you know possible trade up, whatever. Uh, and all the way up to the to the Carolina Panthers, spent a bunch of time with those folks. So uh, I, I think everybody, uh, you know, has been um, asking a lot of questions, you know, and I think t this time of year, too, there's a lot of jockeying for, for you know, position and yeah. uh, some strategy that goes on uh, in the media. But uh, some some team is going to have an opportunity to have a really good quarterback on their hands and. Uh, at the end of the day, this this or the end of this weekend, it's going to be over, and then it's going to be about going on to a team and and then going to work. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where he ends up. You know, I'm sure he's going to end up high. I think most people can recognize his talent and also his ceiling. Uh, but there hasn't been one team in particular that that has kind of shown their hand to me. Ryan Day, Ohio State Buckeyes coach, great seeing you. Congrats on your success. Thanks, Colin. All right. So uh, he, he answers the questions that he viewed C.J. Stroud's strength as the ability to adapt, cognitively handle information at the line of scrimmage. So, and, and by the way, he's an offensive coach. Ryan Day is considered one of the elite offensive coaches in football. Um, you know, one of my criticisms is Ohio State's receivers are, it's insane. I mean, they have a better receiving core in terms of talent. And I'm not joking here than probably five or six teams. If you told me I get the Buckeyes receiving core or the Giants or the Patriots, I take the Buckeyes. <laughs> That's how good it is. It's insane. So those guys are, you know, they're separating against Purdue and Nebraska corners and it's easier throws. And you got Paris Johnson at left tackle. So you're not, you're, you don't face the pressure you do in the NFL. There is a truth about NFL quarterbacks that has been true for a long time. Very few of them 
You'd think they'd all come from these great powerhouse programs, but Aaron Rodgers, Junior College, Cal, Goff, Cal, Big Ben, Miami of Ohio, uh, a lot of these guys, your Matt Ryans at Boston College, a lot of these quarterbacks in the NFL did not have great protection, did not have NFL receivers. They had to learn to throw in a muddy pocket. Well, that's the reality of the NFL. You never have a clean pocket in the NFL. I mean, it's it's just that's just not the way the NFL is. So so being rushed and in a muddy pocket in college, which you don't face much at Alabama or Ohio State, uh, you, you know, you got your time to throw. Sometimes it's jarring to go to the NFL and you're under constant duress. So I think that's one of the reasons Ohio State quarterbacks historically have not been great. You're sitting behind these five-star offensive linemen and five-star receivers, and it's just an easier game than the Miami of Ohio Big Ben has to face where he's running for his life. Josh Allen running for his life at Wyoming. Uh, Good stuff. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How about that story just came down, J-Mac? Well, you don't wait, trust sorry. it? Wait a second. We'll, we'll talk about it shortly. How about this story that just came down? Wait. The Warriors oh. are going to retain Draymond Green. Uh, just saw a story. Well. NBC in the Bay Area. 
It says the Warriors have several paths to retaining Draymond this offseason, and they absolutely want him back. That goes to my point, which is they're moving off Jordan Poole. They're not moving off Draymond Green. They're bringing back Steph, Draymond Green, Looney, Wiggins, everybody else, including Clay. I think you could have discussions on. They are super deep at guard. But the idea they'd let Draymond go is idiotic. If you if you don't think he's valuable, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You don't get it. But there's a middle ground between don't think he's valuable and let him go. They're not letting him go. Steve Kerr will tell you privately, Steph Draymond are the soul of the franchise. They're not letting those guys go. Elite defender, he is much more of an offensive catalyst than people think. Screen setting, passing, ball movement, he's fantastic. Yeah, uh, what about punching out a teammate? What about stomping on an opponent? That, what about the kept driving Kevin Durant out of Golden State? Oh, boy. And, and, uh, yelling at him in huddles. Like, I'm just saying, it's, it's, I know you're friends with him. It's a little... There's a lot of nuance involved in this decision. Yes, on the basketball court, he is immensely valuable. But that other crap, that's got to go. And the problem is that other crap is what makes him who he is. You want to know what's going to go? Jordan Poole. Uh, the other thing is, Katie's bounced around the league. Maybe it's not a Draymond issue. Maybe, maybe the KD leaving was KD, not Draymond. Well, How did I think that it was move? Part KD, but Draymond certainly didn't help. Well, you know what? Hey, how about Draymond Green not getting invited to Harrison Barnes's wedding? All the Warriors got invited. Draymond's whining. I didn't get invited. Okay. There's a reason, dude. Oh. You're not that cool. Boo-hoo. Harrison Barnes doesn't like me. I think Draymond will be fine. we teammates with everybody. Invited the whole damn team. Hey, Draymond. You know what? Sometimes talented people don't get along with everybody. Michael yeah. Jordan punched Steve Kerr. By the way, if that video came out, everybody would defend Michael Jordan. The Draymond video comes out. You just don't like Draymond because he didn't give you 28 a night, and all of a sudden Draymond's a bad guy. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. Don't, let's not go overboard. I just, I oh. don't love him. And I think there's a lot of value elsewhere. You can you can find a Draymond in the aggregate if you well, get two oh, players. Really? Yeah, you just, for just, cheaper. Yeah, yeah, 30 of them around the league. That's no. why the smartest team in the league doesn't want to. Want me to give you a name? What, Zach Levine? <laughs> How about this? Big, can defend multiple positions, switchable, hits threes. Dorian Finney-Smith. I like Dorian Finney-Smith. Oh, you like him, No, huh? I like him. He's a good player. He's not Draymond, but he's a good player. He's younger. He's a good player. Better shooter. Good defender. No, I like him. Don't, don't. I don't think he could defend centers the way Draymond can. Draymond defends everybody. That's, that's, that's Do you see invaluable. what Draymond did on De'Aaron Fox? De'Aaron Fox, put him on De'Aaron Fox, fourth quarter was like two for seven shooting. Except for De'Aaron Fox had a three in his face with like 10 mm -hmm. seconds left or whatever. Uh, J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. I, I like some of that sparring. It's light sparring. When we just discuss and chop up players. Partner. It's fun. Yeah, we got the headgear on. Yeah, it's not yeah. like real fighting. I, I, you, you and Draymond are, are close. Well, you don't be, know me from anybody. Game recognizes game. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, NFL draft kicks <laughs> off tomorrow. Cardinals have the number three pick. There have been rumors they could trade down, and GM Monty Ossenfort spoke to that at the team's pre-draft press conference. Here's what he had to say. If the trade makes sense and it's the right decision for our team at the time, then we'll do it. And if the, the right move is to sit and pick a player who we've done a lot of work on um, through the process, then we'll be prepared to do that. So I wouldn't say that it's any more likely now as opposed to down the line. I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, what's going to happen at one or two, and I think that's a little bit why 
next week when we go through our um, our draft exercises, then those are the questions that we're going to have to ask ourselves. So, no, I don't think anything that happens in front of us will dictate what we're going to do at three. I have no idea what's going to happen at one and two. Bro, it's your job to know that. You've well, got to know what well, the other guys are doing. He doesn't know what they're going to do in front of him. It's, what does he spend all day doing? I always Colin? think about I, uh, I He's always, in a war room. This is his job. Okay. i got to know the salary cap. i got to know the players. i got to yeah. know the opponents. Yeah, That's I'm all sure, he's got to do. I'm sure Houston, hey, guys, let's call Arizona. Tell the GM no. what we're doing. It's not like he's watching NBA playoffs at night. Okay? I don't even Monty Austin Ford has one job. you got one job. Dude. I don't even know what our management's doing week to week. That's not, that's not your job. And that's your job not his is to know job. what's going on in sports and have your finger on the All pulse. he's got to do is a GM. I always thought if I was a GM, here's how I would work in the draft. You give me, before every pick, you give me the five best available players, and my job is to figure out based on what I need and how good they are. So if you give me a card and it says Jalen Carter is available, C.J. Stroud, I look at it and say, I got Kyler Murray, I'll take C.J. Stroud off. So this whole thing is fluid. The draft is completely fluid. Agreed. Indianapolis moves up to three. It changes everybody's agenda. If. Uh, also, I will note, Kyler Murray came out. I don't know if it was sourced or he said it on some gaming platform or whatever. But he said he wants Paris Johnson. No, let's get out of him telling the, the team what to do. I know, the tackle do. from Ohio State. He's so, not a number. He's not that. He's, you can't. I, I agree with you. Some Arizona reporter just said the new betting favorite to go third is Paris Johnson. Ay, ay, ay. Listen, I like Paris Johnson a lot. No. Albert Breer saying he's probably not getting out of the top eight, and Breer is an Ohio State guy. So you could put some breadcrumbs together. Wouldn't shock me at this point. I. Will Anderson sounds like he's going to tumble. I alluded to that yesterday. Why is that? Because he there's didn't so have many a great year. His his year on tape was one of everybody was hyping this guy the same way people are hyped. Caleb Williams right now. I know different positions, and Will Anderson just he wasn't locked in, wasn't dominant. How about this? How about this? This would make a couple of GMs I know sad. Four tight ends go in the first round. Well, I I don't want to give out gamble. I I, I did bet three would go Washington. What I don't know who, if- who's the fourth guy. Oregon State? No. Iowa. He's rising up the board. Four tight ends. I think. The I mean, over- Iowa. Iowa does tight ends really well. The over under for receivers is like two. No, it's not a great. It's Zay not a Flowers, great. I, I, like I watched Flowers. every Jordan Addison snap, and I think he's a. He'll be productive day one. He's a grown up. He's mature. He's a great route runner. He runs every route. Great hands. But is he a first round burn? No, he, he feels like a like a top of the sec top two pick in the second round, Jordan Addison. But he'll probably go. You know, listen, it's a becoming a wide receiver quarterback league, so he will go in the first round, but I don't think it's a – I think you have a lot. As far as tight ends go, there are five tight ends that if they were taken in the first round, Musgrave at Oregon State, that's a big-time starter day one. There's a, It's a great tight end year. All right, staying in the NFL, this is a stunning story. Just happened. Wow. Chase Young's tenure with the Commanders is nearing an end. Wow. After reports surfaced today – that the team will not pick up his fifth-year option. Remember, in his rookie year, he was awesome. He was the number two overall pick. But injuries the last two seasons have really hurt him. Set to become a free agent. How about this? At the Rams end of the give up a third pick. They have two thirds. They have three fifths. Rams can get their edge rusher. It's going to take more than a third. No, I'm saying give up a third and a fifth. Well, listen, if you put Chase Young on the market, he's getting more than that. Jalen Ramsey a, got a he's third. He's a game changer. Now, he's got to pass the medicals, which are an issue, but... Jalen Ramsey got a third. 
And Jalen Ramsey's a top three corner in the league. Yeah, but he's older. He's way older. Oh, well, I'm saying Chase Young's got medical this issues. This is surprising. I got I to gotta read up what's going on. Would because- you trade a third for a third and a fifth for Chase Young? I would do more than that. Oh, I, he's not going to get more than that. Are you going to get Chase Young production from a third round pick? How about a third and a fourth combined? Probably not. Remember, Chase Young, this defense was, I think, 27th in the league. Chase Young joins the front. They go to, like, third in the league. And their defense helped get him to the playoffs. Then they, you know, regressed last year, and he's had the injuries the last two seasons. I need to read up on this, but this is this is troubling if I'm, uh, if I'm Washington. New owner. What are you inheriting, right? Daniel Snyder sold the team. You got no quarterback. I don't even know who the left tackle is off the top of my head. Chase Young was the number two overall pick. You're moving on. I think what they the would take phone on? calls for picks. I think they want to. I think they want to get cheap and pay. I think Washington would take phone calls. And Ron Rivera, by the way, this is his final season in Washington. That's not a light stand. Is that even a good job? Wow, stunning. Um, all right, back to the NBA. Joel Embiid missed Game Four against the Nets after the Game Three knee injury. Sixers still got the sweep. James Harden broke out the broom. Now they're waiting for the Celtics-Hawks winner. Embiid reportedly is dealing with an LCL sprain. No concrete timeline for his return. He will be wearing a knee brace and have to play through the injury. Celtics in five or six. Okay, so you are and Celtics are going to go to Atlanta and win. That's my take. Right, and then do they beat the Sixers in five games or six? Go ahead, take Joel Embiid. I will gladly. Okay, so you're anti-Kawhi. This is what I'm left with once again with Embiid. I didn't say I'm anti-Kawhi. Well, I'm you, you, you wouldn't Kawhi. trade him for uh, Zach Levine? Don't say his name like that, man. I'm so- not anti-Zach Levine, but you, you, you got to stop this Zach Levine That's thing. That's like, Mom, you made pot roast? <laughs> like, Zach Levine is not chopped liver. Remember that U.S. Olympic team? How good he was? Zach Levine, as a two or three, makes your team like a serious top four team in the league. Oh, God. He's so on. good. The skill level. What you like Embiid? No, I'm, I'm just saying. Is my whole point on Kawhi is you guys banging him for playing 54 games. Embiid's always hurt, and we all love Embiid. Uh, we? I think you, you I guys are all there. arguing he should be MVP. I took Jokic. I took Jokic, Jokic as well. I, I, listen, I, man. I like efficiency. You know, again, injuries happen, but Joel Embiid tried so hard in the regular season to play a lot so he could win the MVP. And look what you get. Well, again, injuries are fluky. I know Daryl Morey watching this. His head just exploded because he's like on social media pumping up Joel Embiid. Gotta he's get great. him an MVP. He is like, great. What's an MVP? How about get to a conference finals? Well, that's that would be real swell. But you got to, as a GM, you have to support your young stars. You have to. Like, by the way, the Celtics were playing Jalen Brown a lot at the end of the year because he can be a uh, all NBA. All NBA. You've got to support your young guys. They're filling the building to watch them, not GMs and coaches. So you want to take care of Jalen Brown and Embiid. You want to get them to vote. You you, you want to see your young guys get loved. You want your young guys to be happy. There's yeah. a lot of pressure. So is Embiid tracking toward like being a top ten center in the history of the sport? No, I think. People really like Joel Embiid. Oh, I think I think he's tracking to be a top ten center, but I don't think he's tracking. I think there's we have to be honest about Embiid now. Okay, he David Robinson disa- or Joel Embiid? Jo- oh, David Robinson, all time. Patrick Ewing or Joel Embiid? That's, That's a pretty top. good argument. I take Embiid the player. Ah, I, I think Ewing, Embiid's more guy. talented. One of the jerseys I own and I'll wear it to like music festivals. Patrick Ewing. Always got people always come up to me. I don't think I would have New gone, York Nick gone with, public with that. So. Well, that's if I've been working out, I'll wear it. You know, okay. show yeah. off the pipes. Okay, uh, J Mac <laughs> with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The herd lie. Hey, news. Big George Foreman, a movie.
exclusively in theaters tomorrow. Get your n- tickets now, rated PG. It's the uh, big George Foreman movie, winning the Olympic gold, heavyweight champ, retiring, then returning to the ring 10 years later and being a champ at 45. Tomorrow opens in theaters, big George Foreman. It's The Hurt. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar. Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Saturday Baseball heats up with an NL East rivalry. Ronald Acuna Jr. and the Braves take on Pete Alonso and the Mets. Or the Cubs take on the Marlins. It all goes down Saturday at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on Fox. All right, we're going to play high-low game. We do this before every draft for the first-round quarterbacks. So you take a quarterback, at his best, what could he be? And if it doesn't work, what could he be? So it's the high-low game with the first-round quarterbacks, potentially. There's, there's Obviously, there's Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. He may go late first. Many think second. But quarterbacks these days, you know, you get to the end of a draft, you don't know what happened. So let's play the high-low game. Let's start with um, Bryce Young. I think his high is Tua, which he's a small athlete, super accurate, great kid, throws with timing, accuracy, and anticipation, um, you know, comes from the same program. His low is a very mature Johnny Manziel. They're almost the same size. You say what you want, but Manziel was 6'1", 205. Bryce Young is 6 feet 194. And when Johnny Manziel came in the league, it was very obvious after about a half, he's just too damn small. He just wasn't big enough. That's my concern with Bryce Young. He looks small in college. What is he going to look like in the NFL? Upside is to a downside of very mature Johnny Manziel. C.J. Stroud. To me, the high is Jared Goff. They're virtually the same size. And the low is Josh Rosen. So you get a kid that comes into the league with Jared Goff. Same size. 6'3", 215. Goff was 6'4", 215. Accurate. Excellent mechanics. Premium on accuracy. That was Goff. That was Rosen. That's C.J. Stroud. But... Rosen gets banged up. He can't give you anything off script. And in the end, it just doesn't work. It should work, and it doesn't work. Josh Rosen comes from high-profile UCLA, and you find out early it's not working. So the high is Jared Goff, who won a lot of games with the right offensive coach, the low Josh Rosen. Let's go Will Levis. To me, the high is Jay Cutler. The low is Jameis Winston. Cutler, almost the same size. But... Cutler had 36 college picks. Levis has 25. The low is Jameis Winston. He had 28 college interceptions. Where the thing with Jay Cutler you like. Will and Jay are smart kids. They received offers from Ivy League schools. Impressive physical traits. Big, big cannon for an arm. But both questionable passing instincts. They need to refine their mechanics. So I think upside for Will Levis SEC guy Jay Cutler, who played at a non-football power Vanderbilt, and the low is Jameis Winston. They just never correct fundamental judgment and mechanical and passing mistakes. Anthony Richardson. The upside is Justin Fields. The downside is Trey Lance. The downside being he's just not very accurate throwing the football and is not an anticipation thrower. The upside, he's an explosive athlete. 40-inch vertical at the Combine, humble and hardworking. That, you know, Richardson set a quarterback record with a 40-inch vertical. Fields set an NFL quarterback record for rushing yards in a game. They are extraordinary athletes. You wonder about their accuracy, and you also wonder with all that movement, do they get banged up? So the high-low on that is Justin Fields, who I think is going to work, and Trey Lance, who appears that he's not going to. 
Um, by the way, Hendon Hooker. It's hard for me on Hendon Hooker because there's so much. He, I'm going to do high-low game. High is Geno Smith, low Jacoby Brissett. In that Geno Smith, Hooker led the SEC in completion percentage last year, and Geno led the NFL in completion percentage. Is that Hendon Hooker, like Geno Smith, and I'm talking about the Geno Smith now, comes in, mature, sits in the pocket, throws a beautiful ball, can accurately throw it. He can move a little bit. Geno can move a little. Hendon can move. Um, in the downside, Jacoby Brissett, you'd like a little more juice, and um, maybe you just got the best of him in college, and there's no kind of next level at the NFL game for Hendon Hooker. Um, so those are my high lows. I, the, the, um, the Will Levis thing, though, and I know when I say Will Levis, the high is Jay Cutler, and everybody can bang on that. Now, Jay Cutler had a couple of really good years in the NFL. But I can remember Jay Cutler in college, watching him play on a non-football powerhouse school like Will Levis. Big arm. Cutler had a big arm. Will Levis has a big arm. Super smart guys. But why do they throw so many picks? (laughs) Andrew Luck was a super smart guy. Why did he throw so many picks? Some guys, you know, I've talked about this. Some Sam Darnold, I understand the interceptions. He has a slower delivery. It's not aesthetically pleasing. But Cutler had a great delivery, super bright guy, picks. Andrew Luck, great delivery, super smart guy, picks. Will Levis, super smart guy, picks. Some guys, you can't coach the reckless out of them. You can't coach it out of Darnold or Wentz. Or, I mean, for one year, Frank Reich did a really good job on Andrew Luck. I loved Andrew Luck. But he had a wild side to him. Cutler had it, and Will Levis has it. So I still think I would take Bryce Young one. But as Sean Payton said, in this chair, do not take a non-prototype-sized athlete in the top 10. And Bryce Young is small. I remember when Johnny Manziel played. And first of all, Johnny Manziel went sideways fast. But I remember watching his first exhibition start and thinking, oh, he can't outrun defensive ends. Like, he's going to try to ad-lib this. This is not – and by the way, Johnny Manziel lit up Nick Saban's defense twice. Johnny Manziel's running all over the place. And Bryce Young, it doesn't run all over the place, but he's very agile. And very quickly going – oh, he's just not big enough. I remember Troy Smith played at Ohio State years ago. Great college player. I watched, I watched one exhibition game. I'm like, he's just not big enough. And I've worried about Tua's size. Tua is significantly thicker than Bryce Young. So when you watch Bryce – he looks tiny in college, and I, and I think that's a real concern. But I also think he sees the field better than all these guys. He's coachable. He's ready to play. Let me, can I give you one for Will Levis? What? Mark Brunel. Well, Brunel a was pro, a lefty. Pro, lefty, yes, but a smart cerebral player. Got to he, he won five playoff games in his career. Like yeah, Mark just, was a good player. He hung around the league for a long time, like – I think Will Levis can have a really nice career. Got to be in the right spot. And then one for uh, Anthony Richardson, Randall Cunningham. Humongous arm, incredible athlete, yeah, can Randall. just make plays unscripted. Yeah, Randall was Randall threw. I it. don't know if he could throw it like Justin. Yeah, Fields. Randall threw a beautiful football. Randall yeah. Cunningham threw. I mean, it. go look at the Anthony Anthony Richardson bombs. No, on his I, I told you what worries me about Anthony Richardson. It's not the explosion plays. It's the layups. Like this is the Zach Wilson problem. The Josh Allen problem. Well, let's go to Zach Wilson because okay. Josh Allen's working. Zach Wilson balls out on the flat, sails it. Dude, that is an NFL layup. Mahomes is 20-20 of 20 on those. 
You got to get the layups. I've said this, Justin Fields, if you just watch highlights and YouTube clips, you'd be like, he's the best player in the league. It, that's not the position. You got to hit about eight layups a game. I watched Anthony Richardson. You know, I watch a lot of SEC football. Some of the easy stuff, curls, drag routes, like easy stuff. Hendon Hooker's automatic. C.J. Stroud, yeah. automatic. Anthony Richardson, missing layups. He barely played. You know, well, 13 games. Got to give him In his college career, that's <laughs> not a lot. Josh Allen played a lot at Wyoming and came into the league and was sailing stuff ten yards over guys' heads in the end zone. And Allen was getting ripped. I don't, he was I, able to fix it. I'll, I'm not saying everybody can fix it. Can but, I go back to something I don't love? I don't love my quarterback being jacked. Brady Quinn was jacked. I like Brady, but I mean he was jacked. Cam I, Newton was jacked. I don't love it. It feels like it gets in the way. I want my quarterback to be fluid. I want the ball. Will Levis looks like a bodybuilder. It doesn't work. You don't want your quarterback to be too tight in the shoulders. I want a guy that's got a little pudding that's not. I don't want to see abs for a quarterback. Corner receiver. I don't want to see. I want to see a little pudding. I want to see a guy that's fluid. Let it doughy. loose. I don't even know if the word's doughy, but I, Brady, Manning, Aaron Rodgers. I don't see a gun show. I don't want to see a gun show. Everybody's different. Come on. Hey, if I want to see a gun show, I go into my own bathroom. You want every morning. <laughs> okay, that was inappropriate. Uh, here we go. Hour three coming up. The herd. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 